Hello and welcome to Season 3 of The Almost Forgotten, the podcast that looks at the lives of great historical figures who have fallen through the cracks of our collective memories. We're not really starting the season just yet. This is just a short episode to give you a quick overview of what's coming, but I do have a few things here that you might be interested in. The plan here is again to post an episode every two weeks until I run out of things to say. Also, like last year, I have a major multi-parter. This one will take up probably about six episodes. Usually, I pick a person to profile because I'm interested in learning more about them. The process is a way to really dive into the life and times of someone I don't really know much about. Last season, I was ready to profile Alexander's general and one of his successors, Seleucus Nicator. As I was doing it, I thought, hmm, Ptolemy Soter is pretty interesting too. Maybe he should have his own episode. I thought about how to weave them together. I learned more about Antigonus Monophthalmus, Eumenes of Cardia, Perdiccas, and I just started writing. Next thing I knew, I had five episodes on the dyadache. Something similar happened this year. I started reading about someone who I thought would make for a good episode. I realized that his father would probably make for an even more interesting episode. Then I started to read and write about the two of them, thinking, eh, maybe this will be a two-parter. But then I started reading about their rivals and their enemies, and the next thing I knew, I had six episodes. It's a little different in that, while, yeah, the focus is on the father-son pair, it's almost like a mini-revolutions podcast. Again, I didn't set out to do that. It just grew into that. Their lives take place during and as integral parts of a revolution. Um... And so the context around them made it less of a biography than the episodes normally are. Keeping up with what I've done the last two years, though, we'll go chronologically. So those six episodes will finish up season three. Before that, we have a few single episodes, as well as one two-parter about a pair of relatives who together conquered a new territory and then set it up as a stable and viable kingdom that lasted for centuries. Before I end this little preview, though, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the family of one of our previous subjects. You may recall from last season the episode on Eugene of Savoy, that French-born general who couldn't get a job in the French military, so he moved to Austria and spent the next 50 or so years fighting France. He was a member of the Savoy family, which for many years held a powerful duchy in what is today mostly Western Italy, as well as parts of southeastern France. So I received an email last year from a fan of the podcast who was especially interested in the Eugene episode. He suggested the idea, if I was ambitious enough, of telling the story of the House of Savoy over the centuries as they were involved in many of the events of Western Europe for the past thousand years, give or take. Now, this idea is a great one, but ambitious probably doesn't describe the amount of work that would go into it. It is, quite frankly, outside the scope of what I want to do here, But telling history through the eyes of one royal house sounds like it would be an incredible podcast. And if anyone does that, please let me know, because I'd want to listen. Anyway, the emailer's interest in the House of Savoy is pretty understandable. That's because the emailer, Jim Savoya, is a distant relative of Eugene. Jim is the grandson of a man named Sebastiano Savoya. Sebastiano was the mayor of the House of Savoy. What does that title mean? 
Well, Jim's not really sure. He's found no evidence of its use prior to his grandfather, but it was given to Sebastiano as an acknowledgement of his royal bloodlines in the house. Jim is the current mayor of the House of Savoy and sent me some great info on the house. He wrote to me about the history of the house itself. He wrote, The family name of Savoia in Italian, Savoy in French, and Savoy in English originates from the Latin Sabodia. The lands of Sabodia were granted to Count Umberto Biancamano, White Hands, de Savoia in 1003 by the Holy Roman Emperor Conrad II, and it comprised roughly the territory of the Western Alps between Lake Geneva in the north and Dauphiné in the south. The Savoia family genealogy can only be reliably documented back to Count Umberto in 1003, but the royal bloodline extends much farther back than his birth in 980. He descended from the emperors and kings of the ancient family of Saxony, possibly the great-grandson of the Holy Roman Emperor Otto II. Some accounts go back as far as the Roman senator Fefiolus in 390 AD. The exact details, however, were lost in 1174, when the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick Barbarossa was at war with Savoia and he captured, pillaged, and burnt the castle of Susa, along with all the archives it contained. So that is the origin, at least as far as we know. Savoy went from being a small country in the Italian Alps to eventually a large duchy covering most of northwestern Italy by the end of the 15th century. Jim pulled some info from the memoirs of the Royal House of Savoy, translated in London in 1707. It claimed that, at least by that year, Savoy had never been ruled by any other than a son of the previous ruler, direct descent for at least a thousand years. It goes on to note that one of the princesses of the House of Savoy was married to the Byzantine emperor in 1326, showing how well regarded it was even back then. The text goes on to relate how many other royal families have Savoy blood running through them. Adelaide of Morienne was the daughter of Umberto II, who became the Count of Savoy in 1080. She married Louis VI of France, and they had some royal descendants. Quote, there are few families of crowned heads in Christendom who are not come of this illustrious stock of Savoy. Sixteen kings of Portugal are sprung from it, six emperors of the East, seven kings of England, four of Aragon, three of Sicily, five of Castilla, seven dukes of Bavaria, and fourteen or fifteen other sovereigns of the most illustrious houses in Europe. Those of whom they have given to kings and emperors or princes descended of them, they amount to about forty, unquote. It's all quite interesting, and the House of Savoy slowly grew in importance throughout medieval and Renaissance Europe. By the beginning of the 1300s, Savoy had annexed the city of Turin, which remained the Savoyard capital until the unification of Italy. In 1416, the Holy Roman Empire elevated the county of Savoy to a duchy. The French invaded and took much of the territory in the late 1400s and early 1500s. When the Spanish defeated the French under King Philip II, Remember that name for later this season. The Duke of Savoy, Emmanuel Philibert, returned to the area and helped it again grow in power. If you recall from the Eugene of Savoy episode, the Duchy of Savoy was a major player in the War of Spanish Succession, and Duke Victor Amadeus spent time on both the French and Austrian sides of the war. He gained significant territory there, thanks in no small part to the military efforts of his cousin, Austrian General Eugene. Victor Amadeus, after the treaties were in place, was also given the crown of Sicily. Sicily was a kingdom, but under Spanish rule at the time. 
Remember that one too, because we'll talk about it later on in the season as well. Savoy didn't end up holding Sicily for long, but did end up controlling Sardinia, so the heads of the house were able to keep their title of king. The territories the House of Savoy held were now known as the Kingdom of Sardinia, but was often called Piedmont Sardinia, as Piedmont was the largest mainland region that the Duchy of Savoy actually held. Napoleon came and blew it all up, although he never took Sardinia, and the Duke fled there until the war ended. The kingdom was restored, its holdings in the Italian mainland returned, and within 50 years, King Victor Emmanuel II was the face of Risorgimento, Italian unification. In 1861, this member of the House of Savoy became the first king of the newly united Italy. All very interesting stuff, so I want to thank Jim for bringing this all to my attention. I also want to thank him for one other thing. He sent me five reproductions of a medieval knight's oath, as well as five replica gold ducats. The knight's oath is what Count Umberto of Savoy, or Humbert I, pledged, and in addition to promising things to do like not arrest peasants, assault merchants, imprison monks, steal horses, etc., etc., he adds a little eh, during Lent at the end, suggesting he might not have taken the whole thing too seriously. The coin is a replica of a 16th century one from Savoy. It has the family crest, the face of Philibert II, Duke of Savoy, and has his name in Latin on it. I want to stress this is a replica gold coin, just inexpensive metal and pretend gold plating. But it does look kind of cool. Anyway, as I said, Jim donated five of each to me and suggested they'd make good giveaways for donations. I hadn't really thought of doing anything like that, but I figured I'd give it a go. But, although it does cost me some money to do the podcast and keep the website going, that's really not what I'm here for. I would certainly appreciate donations, and that would definitely get you in the drawing. But I'd happily accept iTunes reviews as currency as well. So, you can leave a review on iTunes, or donate, and I'll enter you in the drawing. To donate, you can go to the website, almostforgotten.squarespace.com. And just below the banner at the top, on the right side, there's a donate button. If you donate this season, or if you just leave a review on iTunes, send me a screenshot of the review or the donation, and I'll enter you in the drawing. And if you've already left a review, that works too. iTunes ratings have been sparse enough that those of you who have done it already definitely deserve to be in the giveaway. At the end of this season, I'll randomly pick five people out of everyone who sends me confirmation, and I'll send each a copy of the oath and the replica gold coin. It doesn't matter how much you donate. Do whatever you think is appropriate. And apologies in advance, but I'll probably remind you about this briefly each episode this season. Just email me or tweet at me with your screenshot to let me know that you've donated or given a review. You can send me an email at almostforgottenpodcast at gmail.com. That's almostforgottenpodcast, all smushed together as one word, with your screenshot. Or you could just send me a note via Twitter. I'm at the almost forgot. With that, I'll end here for today. Like I said, I'm trying to pace this at an episode every two weeks. So we'll start the normal length episode in two weeks. In the first full episode, we'll travel to the ancient world a thousand years before the time of Alexander the Great and the Diadochi, and learn about a king who built an empire that became one of the dominant civilizations of the day in the eastern Mediterranean and Fertile Crescent. Thanks for listening. <laughs>